0: Welcome to North Coast Church, and thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast as we continue in our series on the book of John, Life or Death. Pastor Damien Easter, our young adults pastor at North Coast Church, has an amazing message in store for you today. We encourage you, to utilize our North Coast Church app to be able to utilize our notes, fill out a connection card, and also put in a prayer request. Well, without further ado, let's go to today's message. Hey, North Coast, I am so excited to bring you one of the best messages you've ever heard. And you may think, Chris, that starts off a little arrogant, but I can promise you this because I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. You are in for a surprise today. We have a pastor on staff named Damian Easter. He's our young adult pastor. On Thursday nights on the Vista campus in North County, um, it turns into just a young adult Mecca. 18 to 25 year olds, hundreds of them gather, incredible worship, incredible teaching. And at this time we're like, Damian, jump into our series, bring us the next chapter. So here's what's gonna happen. We're gonna roll the bumper. You are gonna give an incredible warm welcome to one of our very own pastors, our young adult pastor, Mr. Damien Easter, you ready? Bumper, applause, Damien, you got it? So, bumper. North Coast family, it is an honor and a privilege to say hi and to be a part of the family. As Chris said, I have the honor and the privilege of serving as the Jordan Young Adult Pastor here on our Vista campus on Thursday night. It is a blessing in the Lord. Um, It's a blessing to be a part of the North Coast family. And now my family, I have been married for 17 years. I have four awesome children, 17-year-old, 15-year-old, nope, not not 17, 16, a brother forgets sometimes. Okay. It's a lot of kids, 16 year old, 15 year old, 12 year old. And my daughter, my little one, my only girl, she is 10. Hallelujah. And all my boys, they are taller than me, bigger than me. They're not stronger than dad yet, but pray for me. Amen. Pray for me. I am excited to dive in to the book of John with you, but can I just speak this over your life as you're sitting there getting ready to view this? I just want to say you are here on purpose for purpose. Amen. And all that means is this, that you may have accidentally stumbled upon this viewing. You may be just going through the routine of this is my weekly routine of viewing a message. But I just want to tell you, God has you here on purpose for purpose. All I want you to do is turn your faith All the way up and trust that where you are right now, what you hear right now, God has something specific for you. Amen. Amen. We are jamming into the book of John. Last week, we saw Jesus at the wedding of Cana, turning water into wine, new wine. This week, we are looking at Jesus in the temple, flipping over some tables. I love the book of John because the purpose of the book of John is found in John 20, 31. It simply says this, but these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. See, the book of John, it's holding back no punches as to who Jesus is. He even calls miracles signs because it's not even about the signs that Jesus is performing. It's about the fact that the signs point you to the man that he is. And it leaves you and I as readers with a decision to make. Who is Jesus? Is he the Messiah? Is he a great prophet, great teacher? This is what the book of John does to us, family. And I'm excited because we get to look at a portion of scripture today that so many of us may be familiar with. And and, and, and it's a scripture where we see Jesus kind of, it looks like he's losing his temper. He's getting angry, frustrated, and all that good stuff. Well, look, we are going to dive into it right now. So if you're ready. Ready? Turn your Bibles to John chapter two, we're looking at verses 13 through 25 says this. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep and doves and others sitting at tables, exchanging money. So he made a whip of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. So those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then responded to him, what sign can you show us to prove the authority you have to do this? Jesus answered them and said, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. They replied, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you are going to raise it in three days but the temple he had spoken of was his body. Verse 22, after he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. Now, while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in him. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them for he knew all people. He did not need any testimony about mankind for he knew what was in each person. Now, here's what's going on. Jesus, as a Jewish young man, he is coming up to the festival, the Passover festival. Now, the journey that we're gonna go on today is, is we're gonna go from temple, and let, let me, we're gonna go from temple to temple to temple. Come on. come! On. I know. I, I just want to have some fun with you. We're going temple, temple, temple. Hey, temple, temple, temple. Come on. Temple, temple, temple. That's the journey we're going on. We're going from one temple to another temple to another temple. Let me take you inside the first temple. This is the first temple right here. Now, this this is absolutely huge. You can fit about 20 football fields across this whole temple. So you could get SoFi Stadium 20 times or more right on top of this temple. That's how big this temple is. Now I want you to zoom in with me here. We're going to look at these two spots right here. You see, I got skills on the TV. Come on somebody, bless the Lord. These two spots, this is where all the action is going down in the scripture that we just read. So this is a big picture of it. Let's zoom in. Just a little bit. So now that building that was right in the middle of that first picture of the temple, this is kind of a detailed map of how segregated this temple was. Now, the two sections that I circled were the Gentiles court, which is right here and right here. And then we go into the temple. We go up into the temple. We have the woman's court right here. And this is the court of Israel. So if you are a male, you can come this far into the temple. And if you're a priest, you get to get into this area of the temple. And this place right here, that is the Holy of Holies. That's where the spirit of God dwelt. That's where God dwelt right there. That's where his presence is. And so we see Jesus. Jesus is walking around in these areas the Gentile courts. And what's very interesting is that this is where so many things are set up. Now let me, let's go back to this last picture. So right here, this is where all the action is happening. And as we look at this temple, here's what you need to know. The things that were going on in the temple in and of themselves, they weren't bad, see, What would happen is you'd have people set up and they would be ready to sell um, sacrifices or animals to then be sacrificed and worshiped to God. Why? Because people were coming from all over. It said that the population in Jerusalem during the festival of the Passover would balloon to three million plus just to come and worship in this time and in this season. So people traveling from everywhere, they didn't have the opportunity to maybe uh, bring a sacrifice or maybe they would bring a sacrifice and that sacrifice wouldn't be good enough. And so what would be set up here are the tables for those selling sacrifices, potential sacrifices or the money exchangers, because the temple wouldn't accept any coin. You had to exchange the coin that you traveled with so that you can purchase things in the temple. So these things weren't in and of themselves bad things. But what Jesus saw is he saw his people being taken advantage of. So here's the thing. Already the Gentiles are way out here. Already, they don't have the type of access to God that everyone else does. And if we, if we can't really zoom in, but even right here, look at that right there. These are barriers that say to the Gentiles, if they didn't know already, if you go, you can't even get past here. And there are posts, signs around the temple that say, if you step a foot into this area and you are not a Jewish person or you are unclean, ceremonially unclean, if you step past there, you are responsible for your own death. You are responsible for your own death. So family, there's already so many hindrances Already, so many hindrances stopping God's people from getting to Him. And Jesus is in the middle of this, seeing it all unfold. And He gets angry. He gets frustrated because his people's opportunity to worship him is being hindered. Now that word worship, let me just just give you this little thing about worship really quickly, a quote on worship. And the cool thing is we're going to unpack worship a little bit in our life groups this week, but let me give you this quote on worship by Eugene Peterson. Worship is the strategy by which we interpret our preoccupation with ourselves and attend to the presence of God. Worship is the strategy by which we interrupt our preoccupation with ourselves and attend to the presence of God. So these people are coming from all around to worship. They're coming from all around to stop the program as usual of their lives to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and Jesus is in the Gentile court and he sees all this happening. He sees that, and if you are with us filling in the blanks, he sees that worship was being hindered. That's our first blank right there. Worship was being hindered. The opportunity to worship God was being hindered. And if there's one thing that I want you to see in this story is that Jesus gets frustrated when something comes between him him And his people when something comes between the opportunity for us as his people to worship him, it f- infuriates him. Why? Because Jesus is going to do what needs to be done to make access available to him freely. No more Gentile court, no more women's court, no more priestly court, none of these hoops to jump through. This is what Jesus is saying as he's in this temple. He is, it's It's Jesus. Jesus is the full embodiment embodiment of the temple standing in the temple fighting for the temple. That's what's happening right here. That's what's happening. So, so we went from the one temple, the, the big temple, so huge, so big religion happened there. Religious activity is going on there. And then Jesus stands in the middle of the religious activity and he is the embodiment of the temple. So he is the temple standing in the temple, fighting for the temple, flipping tables, flipping tables over because these are the things that are hindering my people from being able to freely come to me and worship. I love this because, um, because this is where Jesus, where we see him get angry, where his people are concerned and, and, and confession time. Okay. Just safe space. Okay. That's what we say in the Jordan on a Thursday night. We go like this, safe space. So did you, can you just do that with me real quick? Come on. All can, wherever you are, just do that with me. Safe space. Mm-hmm. Come on, safe space. Safe space. So confession from me to you. We're talking about anger. We're talking about Jesus's anger. And I, as a father of four, would just like to confess this. I, I'm the angry parent. Yep, I know you're looking at me like, you, yeah, right, you are not the angry. I'm the angry parent, and it's accidental anger. I don't mean to be angry. I'm just, it just I'm not, I don't even think I'm angry. But my kids, they tell me, because I'm talking to my sons, and I'm like, son, why don't y'all just talk to your dad? Come on, man. I got a cool jacket on, a haircut. Come on. I'm look. Come on. Talk to your father. And they're just like, dad, you say no to everything. I'm like, oh, my Me? No to everything? I don't say no to everything. And then they start to ask me questions. And guess what I started to give them the answer? And it was no. I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. They're like, mom says yes to everything. You say no to everything. You immediately say no. And what I realized in talking to my sons is sometimes my nose sound like I'm angry. Dad, can we get this to eat? No. Dad, can I go outside? No. Dad, can I have a hug? No. Dad, can I breathe? No. Now, look, if they ask me to breathe, I'm going to be like, look, go ahead and breathe. But no's just come so naturally at times. And so now I'm I'm training myself to say, let me think about it. Let me think about it. But so often, here's what I think, family. I think sometimes we think that Jesus is just this angry God. Or maybe that's the father in the, in the, the, the triune Godhead. Maybe this, the father's just angry and Jesus is like, I'll make a way out of no way. And the Holy Spirit's like, just going with the flow. Like, and we think, looking at this, it's like, hmm. Like, like Jesus is angry and he's like, he's like, no, 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 as God. And what I want you to see and know is that what, what Jesus is angry about and saying no to, he's saying no to anything that comes between you and me. Anything that comes between my people and I and their ability to worship me, I'll fight for them. I'll fight to make that happen. So so Jesus stands in the temple and declares, I am the temple, and you can tear this temple down. I will rebuild it in three days. He declares his authority. He stuns the people around him, and he's fighting for you and I. And here's one thing I need you to get about Jesus. He is not a soft savior. That is one of the blanks. I had to have it as a blank. Why? Because we need to know, can I give it to you the way the Lord gave? to me he is not a punk Mm, mm -hmm. he's not and i just i I had to see i I was gonna be like he's he's not a punk blank but i know some of y'all like that my christian heart won't allow me to write the p word i know my christian heart won't allow me to do it so i won't but jesus is not a punk when, when it comes to you and when it comes to fighting for you and I and our ability to freely come to him, he has given us full access to himself and anything that comes between that, he is ready to flip the script. He is ready to flip the table. He is ready to flip it over and rewrite what has been written. That's what it means to flip a script. It simply means to dramatically change something. And right here, we see Jesus dramatically changing something. And if there's one thing he is not, he is not a soft savior. But can I tell you what he is? Jesus is passionate about you. Oh, he's passionate about you. He's passionate about you. And can I just tell you, he, it, it's not. It's, it's not a future version of yourself that will be more pleasing to him that you think he's that you think he's passionate about it's not you the you that says when i get to this level in my life or when i'm behaving well like this or the you that says well i, I you know, i've been without sin for five years oh my goodness <laughs> oh, oh you're talking to all these other sinners brother not me i do my thing holily Right? Like maybe that's you, but can I just tell you, he's passionate about you no matter where you are. Even if you are doing your thing, holily. It's a new word. Let's make it happen. It's a new word. Holily. Holily. He's passionate about you. Jesus is passionate about you right where you are. He's passionate about you right where you are. So we're going temple, And that first temple, worship was being hindered. That first temple, there was so much discrimination and separation in that first temple. That first temple was discouraging. That first temple, there were so many hindrances from people getting to worship God. And Jesus stands in the middle of it as the second temple and says, I am giving access to my people. And that's what John is saying. He's showing us Jesus is the son of God, y'all. Jesus is the Messiah. He is the king of kings and the Lord of Lord. He is the temple. He is going to flip the script. He is rewriting religious practices as we know it. It is no longer about how man can get to God, but it is about how God is in pursuit of his creation how God is in pursuit of his creation, how God is passionate about his creation, no matter where you and I may find ourselves. Why is this God so passionate about us? This God is passionate about you and I because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Third temple. Remember, temple temple, 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 temple. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? That means that Jesus said that it's important that when I come that that I go so that the Holy Spirit can come and be with you. I love this because it tells me that Jesus knows me so well and he's thinking so much about us that he knows there's gonna be moments where we're lonely. He knows there's going to be moments where we feel like there's no way we can do what you're asking us to do, Lord. There's no, I can't do this walk anymore. We're all going to have moments where we need to be empowered supernaturally. And I love it because Jesus says, I'm going to die on the cross. I'm going to rise again after three days. And then my spirit will come. The spirit is known as the helper. So you and I, we are a temple filled with the helper, We are a temple filled with the very help that the world needs. Okay, it's easy to go world, right? It's easy to go world. It's easy to go big temple. But what if I just brought it home right here and just simply said, you and I are filled with the help that we need. When you say yes to Jesus, which, come on, last week, over 100 people received Jesus and said yes to Jesus. Come on, we gotta give it up for that right where you are. Give God some praise for that. That is so awesome. What does that tell us? God's moving, fam. God is moving and he's doing significant things and he is passionately pursuing us as his temple. So it's it's so cool because everything that the temple represented is now found in the temple and everything that the temple Jesus is is now accessible in the temple of his people you and I as we get to know him through his word more and more so can I just tell you you're not just a teacher you're a temple can I just tell you you're not just a grandparent you're a temple Can I tell you, you're not just a student, you're a temple. Can I tell you, you're not just a business owner, you are a temple. You are the temple. You are filled with the power and the light of the Holy Spirit. And that's not to put pressure on you. That's just to say you're filled with the very help that you need. You're filled with it. You're filled with God and, and can, I get, can, I, can I tell you a little bit more about this God that John is giving us a picture of? This God, he is a God who is still fighting for us. He is a God who is still available to us and he is a God who is still making changes in us. That's our God. That is our God right there and we're filled with him. As you and I say yes to Jesus, and you can be filled with him, as you say yes to Jesus, he is a God who is still fighting for us. He is available. He's fighting for your freedom, amen? Just like in that temple, in the and I love this visual of just Jesus stepping into the mess that is our lives, because here's the thing, Jesus wasn't surprised by what was going on in the temple because he grew up coming to the temple. He grew up coming to the temple and, and seeing all of these things that are going on. He grew up seeing it. The Bible even records a time where he stayed back at the temple while his, while his mom and dad, while they went up out and left and they like, where's Jesus at? Jesus like, look, I'm at the temple. I'm chilling. Like "What, what you doing, man? We can, you can't just be staying. He's like, look, I got to be about my father's business. <laughs> oh, and today, he's still about his father's business. He's still about his father's business. And that business is fighting for you and I. That business, and, and I love it because he knows you. He knows you, so it doesn't mean get it together and then come. What it means is the temple is standing in the middle of your life and he is saying, I see in you what you cannot see in yourself. I'm fighting for you and I am the temple and I'm available to you. And I am making changes in and through you. I know you may be thinking, well, uh, Damien, what you're talking about? Am I the temple? Is he the temple? Who the temple? We the temple, 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 temple. Yes. 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 Jesus came to fulfill the prophecy. He stood in the temple, in the middle of the mess that was hindering worship. He stood in the middle of it and he flipped tables. And I'm tall in that, he flipped the script. He dramatically changed things. And he stands in us, the temple through the power and the light of His Holy Spirit today. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father right now. He is at the right hand of the Father and He sent His Spirit to indwell us, to live inside of us, to live with us so that we can be this temple. And that right there, family, that flips the script. That flips the script just as he's flipping tables, that flips the script. That is how Jesus dramatically shifts, dramatically changes things. Again, flipping the script from religion to relationship. And if you have these blanks right here, flipping the script from death to life, that's the title of this series, Death to Life. He flips the script. Oh, he defeated death, hell and the grave. He flips the script. So from death to life, he flips the script from bondage to freedom. He flips the script from us being unseen to us now being fully known, fully known. I've gone from being unseen to now being fully known by the creator of the universe. And that's not to put pressure on you. That's just to say, hey, there's a savior who's fighting for you to be in relationship with him. And and, and, and my my encouragement and my challenge to you may be simply this, what, what, what may hinder your worship to God in this season? What may get in between you and that worship? And can I just say this? If we, if we jump right back to the beginning, the things that were going on in the temple weren't bad in and of themselves. It just got in the way of God of, of the ability for God's people to freely come to him and worship him. And then he's flipping the script. What is the script that Jesus may be flipping in your life? what does that script look like? For me, the script that has been flipped is the story of maybe a young man that didn't necessarily grow up feeling secure in relationships and, and very fearful and, and insecure in so many ways to now just simply like, look, God, this is who I am. This is, this, there's a freedom in just understanding and knowing who you are in Christ. And even when that seems shaky, sometimes knowing that he is faithful to keep seeing you the way he sees you. He's flipping the script. That's what the book of John is telling us. We reach all the way back in eternity to show you that the king of kings and Lord of lords is flipping the script. No longer. It's not about the hoops that you jump through to get to God, but it's all that he went through to get himself to you. And I know what you're thinking. you like, okay, man, I'm okay. But here's the thing, brother. There's two blanks that you forgot. There are two blanks that you forgot. I know, look, there's two blanks. And forgive me, pray for me. It's my first time doing this, amen? It's my first time. I need you to pray for me about the blanks, y'all, the blanks. Those blanks are for you to fill in. That's for you to fill in. My encouragement to you is, is take the time today, sometime this week. Whenever you're watching this, take time right after this and just talk to the Lord. And you may not know even what that looks like. Just simply, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Um, I don't really understand what's, what to say or what to do, but, but I'm here. Just that simple invitation, just that simple step of faith can do so much. So what does the flipping of the script look like in your life? Can I tell you, it may be hard. It may be challenging and you may not understand it, but can I just tell you that? It's because Jesus sees you and he's not angry and going crazy and saying, bad boy, bad boy, what you gonna do? You know, he's not, he's not doing that. He's he's looking at you and he's saying, I'm flipping this script because I know what I've put inside of you. I know who I've created and called you to be. And there are some things that are hindering that just a little bit and I'm gonna flip it. And it blesses me because when Jesus flips the script, he is rewriting the script that maybe you and I have believed in over our lives. He's rewriting that thing. And now it's dripping with what he knows is true about you through his eyes. Not not just the insecurities, not just the frustrations, not just the places that we fall short, but the places that he gives us the victory in. So I wanna encourage you, family, Temple, temple, temple. This section of scripture shows us a God who fights for us, who is available to us and is making the changes in our lives, flipping the script to show you and I how for us he really is. All of these things are written Not so that you are perfect. Not so that you get discouraged. All of these things are written so that you and I, we can believe. And in believing, we have eternal life. In believing, the script is flipped from death to life. Lord, we love you. And we just thank you so much that you, Jesus, that you are in the middle of this temple. You are in the middle and you are ready and willing to flip over anything that hinders our worship to you. So Lord, will you continue to have your way in all of us? Lord, will you continue to... um, Reveal your love and your grace to those that are watching. Will you continue to show them that they are in fact worth fighting for and you are the God who is fighting for them. We love you, King. We thank you, Lord. You are good. You are faithful. The work you started completed. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Wow. There are some amazing insights that Damien gave us today. Hopefully you're challenged and inspired to be able to live a life for Jesus in a greater way. We look forward to having you back next week.